Hey, we have an amazing event coming up, the Expert Advantage Workshop Series, where every day for a week, starting on Monday, May 20th, it's myself and another expert coming on to present to you about various kinds of things to help you with your brand and your business. Our brand new experts and residents in pro are gonna be there to co-host these workshops with me, and you're not gonna wanna miss it. You'll have a chance to ask all of them questions, and it's completely free to join. All you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. On Monday, May 20th, Amy Nelson's gonna come on, and we're gonna talk social media, but specifically how to drive revenue and connect with important stakeholders that matter to you in your business using social media. The next day, we have Noshin Chen, and she's gonna lead a presentation about how to become a better communicator, how to increase those skills faster, because that's gonna help you not just connect with new people, new clients, but also get your idea across better. Ton of takeaways in that presentation. And all you have to do to sign up and join and get all the links that you need is smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Again, one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Join us on our Expert Advantage workshop series. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash advantage. Ask What's up, everybody? Paflin here, and welcome to episode 1143 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen on a, a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And as I said last week, if you were subscribed, and if you aren't, you should subscribe because we got a lot of good episodes coming your way, even into the future. But today we're talking with one of my students, Andrea Davis, from betterscreentime.com. Betterscreentime.com is there to help you if you have a child, kid, young, old, teen, toddler, whatever, and screen time is a problem, which this is a giant, pro it's a pandemic, really. A pandemic within a pandemic, if you will. And I hope everybody's doing safe, by the way. But if you have kids, you understand the issue of screen time addiction and, and such. And Andrea's here not to talk about her courses and the creation of those courses because she's created a couple courses, but more so the marketing and the selling of those courses. She has been selling some courses. I'm very proud of her. She started literally from scratch in my course, Smart From Scratch. But we wanna sell more. Obviously, this is a very important topic in this program and these programs that she's created has, uh, they've been created to help and they do help. She's got some amazing testimonials. But the big question is how do we sell without instilling fear? Because this is not something that we just wanna go, hey, you know, if you don't take this program, you're never gonna have a relationship with your kids ever again. That's not my style. Now I know that's not Andrea's style uh, as well. But at the same time, you have to convince the person on the other end that this is worth buying. And it does take some marketing. It does take some language. It does take a little bit of aggression, but aggression used in the right way. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today with Andrea. So sit back, relax. This is a good one. Andrea Davis from betterscreentime.com. Hey, Andrea, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks so much for being here today. I'm so excited to be here, Pat. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Some of you who are going to listen to this may recognize some of Andrea's work from a lot of discussions on the income stream. And maybe you are at FlynnCon. You might know who Andrea is. But for everybody else out there, Andrea, who, who are you? What do you do? Yeah. So my name is Andrea Davis. And my husband, Tyler, and I have been married for almost 18 years. We have five kids ranging from age 15 down to six, four girls and one boy. 
And I run a website called betterscreentime.com. And that all was born out of a need to find better strategies when managing technology and screen time with our kids. And we were that family that we kept our TV in a closet, actually, (laughs) for a really long time. And we only pulled it out for the Olympics. So the Olympics were like a special time and family movie night. And so I was pretty intentional about screen use when my older kids were young. So this was all pre-smartphone. So as you know, things started to change and evolve a lot. And so I just was grasping for ideas to figure out how can we do a better job of balancing all of this. Definitely a big struggle that I think a lot of us can understand, especially in this day and age where even we as adults, we just automatically pick up our phone. And, you know, it's as kids, especially once they start to get into that, I mean, they could be spending hours on their devices without even knowing it. And that's yeah. not totally great for their health, their eyes. I mean, so many, so many things. So, and, and relationships as well. So yeah. really quick before we dive into what it is that you have going on currently, tell us a little bit about like if you could give in like 30 seconds, what is your style of teaching how parents can help control the screen times that their kids are having? Because I know that there's a lot of people who share this type of information, but a lot of them are very military style, very boot camp this time and don't ever those kinds of words. It's tell us a little bit about your style and approach. Yes. So I when I was looking for ideas, I really couldn't find the approach that I wanted. So like you said, I felt like there was a lot of fear-based information out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm a natural worrier anyway. I think that's something that moms are really good at. And so I was spending a lot of time worrying. And as I was just finding this information that was really fear-based, I just didn't feel like it was the approach that I wanted to take with my family. And as you know, I took Smart From Scratch. I'd always wanted to start a business. And as I was going through all all my ideas, I went through your 777 exercise. And screen time was definitely one of the problems that we had. But I wasn't excited about the solutions that I was finding. So the approach I wanted to take was a more positive approach And yet I knew that those limits needed to exist. So I always tell families that we're interested in in relationships first. So my motto is to worry less and connect more with your kids. So I feel we try to really take like a conversation approach. So my background is in teaching. I was a teacher before I stayed home with my kids. And so I thought, what if I could mentor my kids and not just monitor them? So we definitely advocate healthy limits and we definitely limit our kids screen time that's absolutely necessary but along with that I like to couple that with actually teaching our kids and working with them to create those boundaries together I like the idea of, of mentoring and not just monitoring that's such a wonderful phrase so as you've been building your business and I know personally because you and I have connected quite a bit you are a student of smart from scratch thank you for mentioning that And you've even come to one of my workshops before to learn how to put together not your first, but your second online course. So how's the business doing? And and tell me, tell me what's on your mind. Yeah. So I, as I said, I felt like putting together the course came kind of natural because I was, I used to be a teacher. So I really love like interacting with people and teaching and putting together curriculum. But the the part of running a business that's really been difficult and challenging for me is trying to step up 
and sell what I have created (laughs) and to get people to see how important this is without using that fear-based information. And I think that's the challenge that I'm having. So as you mentioned, our I created our first course that was, I launched that in April of 2019. And that's called Creating a Tech Healthy Family. And so I just walk parents through all the discussions that we, we had with our kids. And I actually use a lot of ideas of about habits like from James Clear and Charles Mm -hmm. Duhigg and how can we as parents just have good tech habits and then model that. And so that was my first time into like actually sharing a course. And I felt like, you know, it went pretty well. And then, as you said, I came to your workshop in San Diego last November and that was amazing. Like, I can't tell you how much easier it was (laughs) the second time around to create my course, actually having people in the room who could help me foresee potential things that I was missing and and just to get all of that feedback. And so we launched that second course called Untangling Teens in Tech, which I have Pat to thank for the name of that course. Such a clever name. But we I launched that in May of this past year. And I felt like the response was really great, especially considering what was going on in our mm-hmm. world at the time. And I know there were families who were dealing with job loss and a lot of different things, but the reception was really good. But what I'm struggling with now, and I would love some help with, is knowing moving forward, how do I decide when to launch? And I know that I asked, I think I've talked to you about this a little bit before in our office hours, and you mentioned that you were doing maybe a tiered approach where you were doing like a tier one, tier two, tier three, where you're Maybe you're working with affiliates some of the time and some of the time not. And I just haven't quite got to that point where I'm bringing in consistent income from these courses. I feel like it's like, okay, it probably would be a good time to launch now because it's back to school. And so here we go. And I'm just doing it and I'm getting like a decent response, but I'm I'm taking so much time and energy and I just feel like I don't have really a good strategy. (laughs) Yeah. And like, the, we call those live launches, right? Like at this time during the year, we're going to promote this. We're going to hype it up. We're going to get people to sign up for emails or download certain free value and then hopefully convert. And there's a deadline for a particular discount or bonuses or other things. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's definitely a lot. And like with course creation, you'll find that the more you do it, the better and easier it becomes. So just know that when you're first doing this, it's definitely going to feel like a chore and feel like a struggle and uphill battle. But the more you do it, just the more you start to understand the language of launching. However, it's always going to require some work. And ideally, we'd like to not have to do that as often, yet still have income come in. And that's sort of the the, the goal and passive income, right? Mm-hmm. So the way that we, we do it is we have what we like to call tier one launches and tier two launches. Tier two launches are essentially always happening, meaning a person can come into the blog, they subscribe to the email list, and there are pre-written emails in our, our responder sequence, auto-responder sequence, that can provide value, that help us build a relationship, that crush any objections people might have, and then eventually leads into a course promotion within two to three weeks, just after we've built that relationship. A lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake of, okay, I'm going to automate this thing. As soon as a person subscribes, it's like, boom, here's the thing. And it's like, well, they don't quite know who you are yet, or they haven't yet learned your style, or they don't quite understand even why this is important to begin with, right? So 
that's why there's a two to four week, two to three week sort of uh, nurture sequence, if you will, before mm. they go into a launch mode. And there's different levels within tier two that can happen. For example, it could just be an email autoresponder, two or three weeks of nurture, and then a week of, of, of promotion just to kind of finally let people know about it. But you can take that to the next level and include some sort of scarcity built into that particular person's timeline after subscribing. And this is where we start to utilize tools like Deadline Funnel. Mm, And this is where we start to get a little bit more advanced. I don't know if you've heard of Deadline Funnel, but this is a tool that allows you to create a launch-like sequence for a individual starting the moment they subscribe to your list. After that action, maybe they still go through the two-week nurture sequence to get to know you a little bit and to understand everything. And then they get an email that says, hey, we'd love to offer this to you. It's only available for a week for you. And here's the countdown timer. And those emails still go out that sell it. But after the countdown timer ends, literally when they go to that link to the sales page, it basically says, sorry, your time has expired. You'll have to wait till the next launch that we do to be able to get access to this. Because if you don't have a reason to purchase, there's not going to be a purchase happening, right? Yeah, right. That I've realized is so important because people can always put things off till later unless they have to make a decision. And what's really cool about that deadline funnel thing is like there is a deadline Mm -hmm. and there is something that either goes away or stops being accessible or the discount goes away. There's some FOMO element to it. And that way you can use that to be the driver of the marketing versus, and this is very common as well, amplifying the consequences of not doing this, which is playing into the fear-based stuff that you mentioned that you are trying to stay away from. I think there still should be some elements of, you know, it's important to take care of this now because if we don't, then these are habits that can be lifelong for our children that we don't want to have happen, right? And you can still touch on that. We don't have to go, you got to get this course now because your child, they're not going to be mentally fit. Right. Right. And you can, I mean, you can obviously take that to the extreme and I know that's not you. So the mechanics of the deadline funnel stuff, although it does sound complicated, it's not push button easy, but once you're in there and you understand it, it, it can work for you. And it is worth putting a little time and effort and some space in to learn that because of the scarcity and urgency that it can include for an individual person. And once it's set up, it's just clockwork. Now we just have to focus on exposure for our brand, getting on other people's podcasts and search engine optimization and just more sharing. Now top of funnel will work for us and get people into the email list and have people, again, just now every day, people are somewhere in that sequence and hopefully making purchases, which is really cool. So that that's the tier two launches. Tier one is in specific times of the year. And it's important to have that bird's eye perspective of your calendar to go, okay, this time of year is a great time for us to put a little bit more oomph behind a launch. I'm willing to spend a couple weeks or a few weeks putting everything I can behind that launch during that time because it's an important time of the year. So I don't know when this would be for you, but you had mentioned school and and that sort of seasonality. Maybe it's during the winter, during break when everybody's at home and you know it's supposed to be family time, but everybody's on their devices or I I, I don't know exactly when. Yeah. But what we do is for each course, we have a couple times during the year and we see all the other things we're, we're promoting too. So we can like map it out and go, oh, these two are too close to together. Or, uh, you know, hey, we haven't promoted this in a while in a, in a live launch. Maybe we should, we should bring that back and do that. But those are the ones that also include 
JV partnerships and we try to get as many people involved and we reach out to people months ahead of time. Hey, would you like to support the upcoming launch? And, you know, maybe we're going to offer affiliate prizes or would love to support you during that time with a webinar. We'll set it up for you. You just have to send your people my way. You come on as a guest and then we can do this joint webinar together and use your affiliate link. That's when those things happen. But I know some people who go legit all tier two. It's just all evergreen. Mm -hmm. And I I know some people who go only tier one, which is live launches close the rest of the time. I think a hybrid can work. And maybe this is sort of what we're trying to to, to get at. Yeah, I love those ideas. So one thing that was especially helpful was just the idea that we're nurturing that relationship before we're just throwing them in to the launch sequence, which I think is something that I I had been struggling with because I kept hearing people say that, that, oh, you just put them in the evergreen funnel. And that seemed, yeah, I was like, but how? So that makes sense to me. So I guess when they're coming into your email list, then you're segmenting them. And then during that two to four weeks, you're giving them a lot of free, great content and then starting the sequences up, right? That is correct. There's some other nuances here. I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper for you based on best practices that I know. One thing that I often hear that's great to do is after a person subscribes, on the thank you page, just mentioning that you have this course and if people are interested, they can get it. It could be in in a PS or a little bit of a promo area on the thank you page, just for that quote unquote low hanging fruit, people who really want this, they know they need it. You don't want to hold them back from buying. Mm -hmm. And that's a good opportunity too. And even if people don't buy, they're actually, it's it's one touch point of, there's a course, cool. I'm not ready for it, but okay, if I need to, maybe, maybe later. And then the emails can come out. The first couple emails, you really want to hit home with them in terms of why this is important, what this really means, perhaps some quick wins or some significant advice that you could offer that's altering in some way, shape or form. Other emails that you can include in these sequences are things that build a relationship with you. So you telling your story and how important this is from your perspective. And that's really key because people will then get to know the teacher, like even mentioning that you were a teacher and that you once struggled with this as well, perhaps, and you found these solutions and, you know, giving people a taste of that. That's great. Okay, Andrea, she's the person I want to know more from. Another set of emails that can be great are related to stories that aren't yours, but stories of your students. And this is, again, another touch point about your course, but it's not, you're not selling the course. You just mentioned, hey, here's James. We, I want to tell you a quick story about James. When he joined our program, he was struggling with this, and this is what happened, and I wanted to tell you that story. Or you don't even have to mention the, the program necessarily. You can just mention, James, one of my students, had gone through a really tough time with his kids. They were spending eight hours a day straight on their iPads while he was at home working with them. And here's what he did to figure it out. And it's like, wow, cool story. I want to go and listen and see how he solved this problem. You just slightly mentioned that, oh, he's one of your students. And it's like, oh, now Mm -hmm. Andrea actually has students like paying clients that do this. Cool. Interesting. Okay. And then another email that can be used in this nurture sequence. And it doesn't have to be an email a day. It could be every few days, right? It's just you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're allowing people's brains to germinate this idea that this is a place that they can learn from, that they trust you. Other emails that are important during this time are directly focused on the objections that people have or the big struggles. These are great connector emails, meaning a per, you're essentially calling people out, right? And being and, and, and almost kind of you're inside of their head, right? Where a person reads this email and they go, oh my gosh, that's totally me. Like, yes, <laughs> yeah. I've totally thought that before. 
I don't know how you nail that. And that's where learning the language of your audience is key or just understanding what's going through a person's head. Because when they see that you know where they're at, they're going to come back to you to go, okay, you help me now. These are the kinds of emails we can include in there in, in the nurture sequence. Yeah, I love that. So helpful. So when you plan out your year and you're strategizing, you know, when you're doing launches, do you have like a recommended number of times that you will launch your courses in a year? I mean, I'm a, I have three of your courses and obviously like I, I'm a huge fan, but yeah, I'm just curious how, how you go about that. I will say it's getting more and more complicated the more courses I'm adding. Yeah. I, I will say because now they're stacking closer and closer together. So our segmentation becomes really important to know mm-hmm. where a person is at, what they have already gotten into, what they have expressed interest in, what have they not expressed interest in, so we can hopefully give them light to what they need the most. But when it comes to an individual course, especially when we first started out, it was it was just a, a couple times during the year for each course going big. And then mm-hmm. the rest of the time, things sort of happening underneath. The other thing I will say about this is that the hard thing that I struggle with was, okay, I have these things happening underneath this tier two stuff. How do I add on a tier one on top of that for the same product? And essentially, you just pause the other thing you pause it for however much time you need to be, feel comfortable now sharing essentially the same kinds of emails to everybody live. Oh, okay. Right. To, to everybody, including the people who had subscribed, you know, a long time ago to the people who are seeing it in real time now. And then also kicking that tier one off with something bigger than just subscribe to this email. It could be a brand new lead magnet that you create or a video series, which is very common, or it could be a challenge. Challenges are really great. And I could see that being something that could get a lot of people to mobilize and actually start maybe even getting a few quick wins here and there that could then lead into a big deal tier one promotion from there. Okay. Yeah. And do you feel like you get consistent buyers from like your evergreen funnel from people that are just coming in or is it more successful when you're doing the tier one? They're both successful and they both can be improved as well. It's definitely lower volume, but more often with the tier two versus Mm -hmm. like a couple times a year, but explosion on those days, right? So they kind of balance out, but it's nice because some people do need that more event-like, whether it's a challenge or just big deal, everybody doing this at the same time now kind of stuff to get them to move. And then and other, other times just it's hap- happening in the background because the last thing you, I mean, you're, you're changing people's lives. You're changing people's relationships, right? So just doing the live launches, I think would be a disservice to those who in between could probably make headway with, with their kids uh, with relation to what it is that you're teaching. So. Yeah, that's so helpful. So what are your thoughts on bundles? Because when I launched our second course in the spring, I had several parents reach out and say, oh, can I buy both of them for a discounted price? And I just hadn't gotten to that point because of course the second course was brand new. So I ended up giving them a discount for what, off of one of the courses so that it was kind of like a bundle. So actually right now I have put together a back to school bundle and have put both the courses together and discounted them. And things are very quiet. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, what is my timing off? Or because, I mean, it was a small number of parents that asked for that. And I realized because it will be, because it costs more, there are going to be fewer people that would buy it. So I, I'm trying to figure out like, what should the bundle look like? And then 
am I trying to sell too many things at once? Because I'm like, well, if you don't need both the courses because you don't have teenagers, we still have our creating a tech healthy family. And here it is. And I'm offering a bonus to everyone, but it's, Mm. it's been unusually quiet and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Could be a number of different reasons for that. Based on what you said, even in the you having to explain like the situation, it's like the more confused we are, the less likely we're, we're to buy, right? When there's too many options and it's like we start have to doing math and it start we start to go, okay, well, what about this or this? And you're right, like maybe people don't have teens, right? And I don't know if you are segmenting for age, but that could be a thing that could be potentially useful for you in the future. But that could be an issue is just the messaging and the, and the positioning with relation to this brand new bundle. Because bundles typically... And you've already gotten confirmation that people would have enjoyed the bundle before. They typically do better because people are saving money. But at the same time, we're in this weird time in history right now with regards to money and school and we don't in the election. I mean, there's there's just so many unknowns right now. So I wouldn't put any of the blame on just you not having a great product. You know, it's a great product. So that's number one. Yeah, but it could I mean, be. A I feel like thing. it is. <laughs> I mean, I have I have about three hundred parents who who have purchased the courses, who I feel like have told me that it's a great product. Again, I think I told you this is my least favorite part. Like me trying to convince them, like this is so great, come buy it. <laughs> I think that you know of a morning show on YouTube, right? It's called the Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I had in episode one fifty five, Shalene Johnson came in. Oh, I watched and that part. You watched that part? Yeah. Because that part is what you need to hear again, which is it's not selling if you've done all the work to help figure out their problems and this big pain that they have, right? It's just the natural conclusion and, and, and you're offering them so much at such a low price, offering so much value that that confidence has to really show up because if you are confident in it, then they will be confident. If you are a little bit appreh- apprehensive, then how are you going to convince somebody to be excited about it if you're, if you're not? Yeah. So that that's really key. It's that, that that's a mind mindset thing for sure. Regards to the bundle, I think that you might want to experiment trying a approach like before, which is here's the course for teens. If you happen to also have, however, younger kids, we do have this bundle that you could take advantage of if you, if you want. But it's all about the teens because what what might happen is just people are they don't know this is for them yet, yeah. and they have to read a little bit more finer in, into the lines before they realize that versus you have these kinds of kids, you have this problem, boom, this is for you. And then people start asking, okay, well, what about the bundle? Then you already answer that question with that option. So the bundle becomes almost like the upgrade, if you will, versus the what the promo is about. Yeah, that's a really good idea to make it an upgrade instead of the main, the main feature, I guess. Because yeah, I think people are confused like oh i don't need all of that so i guess i don't need it (laughs) versus bundle but if you only have one of these then you can choose it separately right right so we're we're gonna i think flipping that would would work better yeah that's a really good idea that's super helpful and then as far as like how often do you or do you ever offer discounts on your courses i mean i know that a lot of times There'll be like a slash through the price and, you know, it's, you can get it at this price. I guess I feel like I don't want to always give coupon codes because I think, no, I really priced it what I think it's valued at. And I'd prefer to like offer a bonus. But in the, the times that I have offered coupon codes, I definitely have gotten more sales. People love a good sale. That's, 
the truth. And when that sale goes away, it feels like that's money we're losing, even yeah. though it's not money we had to begin with. It's if it's money that we feel like we're losing. It's it reminds me of a time I remember with my son. I think we were at a park or something, and we just finished lunch, and he was just like going to throw away his trash. And I said, "Hey, I'll give you a dollar if you make that into the trash can." And he missed. And he was like really upset. <laughs> and I was like, you didn't even have this dollar to begin with. Like this this wasn't even a thing that you had a chance to have, but just the fact that he had a chance to win this dollar and then lost that chance was so devastating. And I think yeah. that's just it's like human nature. Like I didn't teach him that or anything. That's just how we feel as humans. Maybe because when we were, I don't know, cavemen or whatever, it's like, oh, I need that apple or I'm going to die, right? right? Like, don't take that apple from... I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not saying like, okay, just slash your prices 50% for people. You Like, you would probably sell more by increasing your price and slashing it to the price that it's now. Plus, there's that perceived value in a much higher price course, right? And this is, in fact, what we did. Our prices are discounted on our webinars and during these tier two launches during the deadline funnel launch, because that's what now is going to be taken away. And we do still sell at the full price for people who come in. But if they're in our email list or they come in during a promotion, they get a little bit of a reward for that as well. Okay. All right. So you have some options. Yeah, that's really helpful. Cool. We talked about a lot and you asked really great questions. So thank you for that. I think that's going to be helpful for everybody else too. Anything else on your mind? Uh, really quick. So I am writing a discussion guide and getting ready to publish that on Amazon. And I've used some of your your team players like Asul's been helping a little bit with yeah, pulling good. that together. And then Prerna wrote the copy for the back of the cover. So thanks to you for pointing me to such awesome people. They're great, yeah. Yeah, but I am just, I have like no launch date, but it really is almost, done. And so I would just love if you have any thoughts on how to make that happen and just self-publishing it. So yeah, I mean, I would definitely have a date in mind. Because once you have that date in mind, it's like, okay, that fits into the calendar amongst all the other things. So you know that you can put some effort behind it to promote it and let people know about it. You can also start once you have a date, teasing that this thing is coming and maybe even getting into a little bit about how and why you created it beforehand. And that on this date, this thing's coming and to, and to get it, get it out. The other thing that on Amazon in particular is, again, talking about the price points, I don't know what you're going to be pricing it at, but you have the option to increase the price later. So you can even mm. do a very similar strategy that for launch week, it's going to be at this price. And the discounts on Amazon are not going to be even nearly to what you're likely going to do on your course. But again, like I remember selling massive loads of let go by saying, hey, this week it's like a dollar off, like one dollar off. Mm -hmm. Oh, the discount goes away tomorrow. One dollar. And again, people want to take advantage of the fact that it's at its lowest price. So you can do a special discussion guidebook launch price for okay. just a week only. And then you just manually go into Amazon and bring it back to where you want it to be after. And that way it gets noticed. It gets perhaps ranked. Perhaps it gets shared because people want to share this with their friends at the discounted price. And then it just goes to the regular price and then gets inserted into your brand and into your email or the PS in your emails or, or what have you to just continue that over time. But I, I would definitely launch it in some way, shape or form, not just like what I did in the beginning when I came out with stuff. It was just like, oh, it's here now. And I'm just, here yeah. you know, you like make a big deal about it because it's going to be helpful. Okay. Yeah, that's that's my goal. I mean, I don't, it's not going to be a moneymaker. It's just, 
I I know there will be parents out there that can take it and run with it that maybe don't need the course and um, definitely taking some ideas from you. And that's really how I got led to Smart From Scratch was from Will It Fly. And mm-hmm. I was like, I want somebody to walk me through this. And sure. so, yeah, that's definitely where I'm going with this. So. And make sure you message your students, your existing students, and let them know this is coming out and why it would be helpful for them as an already existing student. And then you can message everybody else and say, you know, this is useful for you as well. So anyway, yeah, this a lot of great stuff. Looking forward to seeing how this all pans out and uh, looking forward to... Um, and by the way, those of you listening, Andrea and I are about to get on another call in a minute, which will be on video. And at some point in time, we will publish a video about how she created her second course and specifically the copy. We got Prerna involved, like she mentioned, and I'm going to share some tips from Prerna as well for copywriting. So we're creating this whole story about it. It's really a lot of fun. So look out for that on YouTube. If you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, patflynn.com slash YouTube. And Andrea, thanks so much again for coming in today. Betterscreentime.com. That's right. Thanks so much, Pat. Absolutely. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation and coaching call with Andrea Davis. You can, again, find her at betterscreentime.com. Andrea, thank you for what you're doing to help others. And again, it's that, those, those pieces of feedback that keep us going. And now it's just a matter of let's get more of that kind of feedback, like you mentioned. So uh, I appreciate you so much for stepping up and doing what you're doing. It's really important work, and many, many more people are going to benefit as we continue to push it out there. So uh, good luck to you. And good luck to you, the listener, on all of your endeavors as well. If you'd like to potentially get coached here just like Andrea did today, all you have to do is go to askpat.com and you can fill out that form on the application page. I also just wanna say I appreciate you and thank you for all the amazing reviews that have been coming in. The ongoing support here as we hone in on the, what, what month is it now? Is it November? It is November, my friends, which means we are closing in at the end of the year and coming up. We're going to have some episodes very soon that are going to be sort of like the where are they nows. We're going to talk about where people were back in the earlier parts of the year and bring them on again to go, hey, did you do the work? What did you learn? What did you do? What what didn't you do? What surprised you? And all that fun stuff too. So you got to make sure you subscribe because these are the really fun episodes where we can go sort of back in time and then come back to today to see what has happened since then. So Hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and I look forward uh, to serving you in next week's episode. It's gonna be a good one. Cheers, take care. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace out. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now you might've noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, The Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.